Okay, so just to give you guys a heads up, <laughs> like around the 47 minute mark, um, you guys are just going to hear something cut off, uh, just like, just explicitly, all right? And um, that was a mistake. So I'm sitting there recording the show. I'm about to wrap up. And um, I was going to hit the pause button because uh, something was making noise. And so what ended up happening was I hit the end button. So that's where that just goes through. So I'm probably going to put like a little sound effect or something there to transition back into like the last 15 minutes of the episode. Um, so yeah, cause I go about an hour this episode. So, um, that's what happened essentially. And so that's what that noise is. Uh, just giving you guys a heads up. That's why I'm doing a, a cold open here. Um, because of that, just to not throw you guys off, but I did want to say this. So the end of the month will be different. Obviously you guys know I'm going to highest. My last show was January 1st for a while, but we will not be doing reviews or anything. The last Monday, so the last week of the year, the 28th episode, episode 28, it's on a Wednesday, excuse me, episode 28, episode, it's on the 28th, December 28th, has all been recorded, uploaded, that is the uh, review of the, the, the year of MCU, in the MCU, what we're going to do is a, a review of the year in wrestling, and touch on all the the topics from this year, give my final takes on them. Um, and then I'm actually in the process now, I'm actually starting now of writing down my top, I think I'm going to do 11, top 11 matches. My tag teams of the year, that will be more of like top five. My wrestlers of the year, that will be top 10 uh, or top 11, excuse me. So, and this will be in ranked order. But yeah, remember guys, I'm at 47 minute mark. It's not you guys, it was me being a clutch. So, if you guys enjoy the show, enjoy your week, and uh, this is how I see things a little differently. Talk to you soon. Anytime, we around, it go down, we major. Anytime, we around, it go down. Down and down and down again oh. I got so high left my frown in the wind oh. Hard I tried never try it again Cause these niggas is lying again oh. Oh. I'm a black lion I roll like a tire Girl in my dreams I don't sleep I don't oh, find her shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder This is for niggas who think we minor That was tough Welcome to the show everybody I see things a little differently In a week And the acoustics is different again And the only reason I bring this up Cause I had someone ask me I said why are you bringing it up I said cause so many people say Hey where, where are you Like the things different Like I guess because I'm, and I don't know what's different. Maybe because this is a house. Uh, well, I, we stay in a condo. I don't know. I think it's just where I record. Like, my room is pretty secluded. You can hear everything, but you can't hear anything, if that makes any sense. Um, but here, it's just me and a dog. So, I don't know. Either way. Um, yes, I'm house-sitting again. Um so that's, that's why the acoustics are different. But that's why I bring it up. It's just to let people know that it's not anything you need to set on your end. It's just the acoustics. So anyways, in a week where R. Kelly, the incarcerated Robert Kelly, secretly dropped an album on Spotify and other streaming services that was quickly removed. 
<laughs> we had two pay-per-views, NXT Deadline and ROH Final Battle. We had news on the ROH TV front. Air quotes, no air quotes, you can do air quotes. There was a lot of things that happened. But I want to start there. I know so many of you guys get so angry when we got on a Monday show and we bring up comics for a Wednesday show. We bring up wrestling. It's one fucking show. So just deal with it. But my thoughts on this R. Kelly thing, because someone I, I saw this and someone someone was talking about it. I was like, I could only like, I actually had someone, now keep them nameless. I actually had someone that legitimately told me. Even if Michael Jackson was convicted of being whatever people were accusing him of, he would still be a fan. He would listen to his music all the time, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, I said, that, that makes sense. Like, some people can differentiate the artist from the human being because we don't know these human beings. Like, you guys don't know me. I could be the worst person ever. I am. But, you know, you guys don't know that. And I just told you that. But you guys still could choose to believe me or not believe me, right? And I remember. And I'm old enough to remember this. In the early 2000s, when these accusations, they were actually, in my opinion, worse than they are now. Like, now we have social media that makes it seem like it's worse, but no. What I mean, this dude had back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back accusations. And it was just, like, so crazy how he was just... But he was making his greatest music at that time, to some people's opinion. I'm doing air quotes again. Like, to me, early R. Kelly's music is more effective to me than this than the, than what became the two the two thousands was, was just a hit was just a hit factory. Like it was boom, 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 right? But they were hits that like I just didn't really fully understand. Or no, no that's uh, I did I'm gonna say understand in this regard. I didn't understand it because I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was that as good as people were making it. Like, like stuff like Ignition. Give me that doo-doo. Give me that beep-beep. Like someone who's a master writer that he is. This dude was writing for the fucking Isley Brothers, dude. This dude was writing hit fucking records for a, a lot of major names. Like Aaliyah. Like this dude. And these weren't like, these were not like, oh, let's go to the market. Potato, potato. No, this was, these were great lyrical songs and great melodies. He's a great songwriter. So to hear his music, I'm like, damn, did you give all your good shit away, homie? Like, listen to songs like Contagious. Listen to songs like Back and Forth from Aaliyah. Those were great fucking records. And to hear his music, he just had, dude, it was a joke. I was on the the dollar cap with my brother. That's how long ago this is. And we're and they're, we're going to work. We worked the same job for a little bit. And I remember vividly, someone made a joke on the bus when they were like, man, this dude's making so many hits. The judges was like, man, get this dude out. I need this music in my life. Like, they're tapping their feet underneath the... <laughs> your, your honor's tapping his feet underneath everything. But it was true. This dude can... Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. This dude had a, an album with Jay-Z, Best of Both Worlds. At the time, Jay-Z was the hottest rapper. He was the hottest R&B. It made sense at the time. And I'm not going to go into history of collaborations, um, but I remember vividly that being one of the 
first times were legit the hottest people. Not like people coming together years after. You know, like we, we get that all that time now, right? Where it's like, oh, this is a dream collaboration, but it's like 20 years after. No one wants to hear shit now. No, these two were legit the hottest talents on the fucking planet. They dropped a record. They couldn't even promote the fucking record because then an accusation came out. That's when the first tape came out, I think, of him, air quotes, supposedly peeing on someone. It was clearly him. Um, I've seen the video. It was clearly him. But anyways, um, so then, like, they had to put that on the back burner. They had this whole world tour planned, all this stuff. Then, maybe a year or two later, they did another album. And then they ended up being able to promote that one. But I remember it was crazy. They had this song called, um, damn, it was like a, it was a song dedicated to women. And Jay-Z had a line on there. She couldn't fit in her pajamas on her butt. Her, her ass so big, couldn't fit in, but something like that, I'm paraphrasing. Now, I remember that was, the, that was the first album, Best of Both Worlds. Now, I remember that thing was burning the radio up. I, that's how, that's once again, I'm dating myself. But this song was legitimately burning the fucking radio up. And I was like, yo, these two about to make, these two, they're already millionaires, right? I was like, these two, I said this out loud to a friend of mine. I was like, these two are about to be billionaires in the next fucking year. They're unstoppable. Only thing that stopped them was that case. I still maintain R. Kelly will be a billionaire to this day. If that, and his thing also, this is why R. Kelly went on a tirade and said, everyone's a hypocrite. Dude, you went to R. Kelly if you wanted a hit record. Up until, what, 2012, 2013? It was that late. A lot of people were going to R. Kelly if they wanted a hit record. I might be off of the dates, but so, but don't. But my point is still stands. And this is why this stuff is intriguing to me. This is why I always wanted like that was the one thing about this podcast I've yet to do successfully. It's all about music. Like I've had Lipsy on, I've had Ziggy on, ZYG, AOA, but I've successful, I've unsuccessfully been able to get more music people on. And, and honestly, this, let's let's get, let's just get this out the fucking way. It's not for lack of trying. Man, dude, I, I hear all the time people say creatives are very flaky. To a degree, I agree with that. Musicians are very flaky. Like, if you ask them for collaboration, even if you're paying these fuckers, like, you ask them for collaborations, they are very fucking flaky. Somehow their schedule's busy as shit, and like, damn, dude, I just saw you on Twitch. Are you being paid for Twitch? No. Do you have fan base on Twitch? No, I was like doing it. So you're busy? Like, you're not really, just say you don't want to do it. You know, or just, or just say, hey, I'm taking my time. Like, this is a group I've collaborated with several times called Symphonic Force Funk. I call them SPF. Really dope people. Matter of fact, they just dropped a new project. I gotta check it out. Um, but I remember one time I'd send them a record. I don't remember what the record was. And Phil, one, one, the leader of the group, said, hey, man, just so you know, man, we don't have our lives together. <laughs> we are terrible at communicating they they don't have beef in their group or anything. They just he said it. They're just terrible at fucking communicating. And he was like, "Yeah, dude, just being real with you. Probably won't get this record back for a while, man. This took these motherfuckers a year. I completely forgot about the record. All I do is see an email one day it says record done finally. I actually ignored the email because I thought it was spam. Then Phil hit me up and was like." Yo, we sorry, our bad, blah, blah, blah. And I still didn't get all of them on the fucking record. It's like five of them. I got three of them. I feel like I was getting a record from Bone Thugs and Harmony. You get three of the five. It was hilarious. But he was honest about it, though. You know? 
But my point though is, was someone like R-, R. Kelly, I could only imagine has records on top of fucking records. Like he, I think he's one of the few artists that actually owns his masters. Uh, which, but that's why when people say they're broke, they're not really broke. Like Irv Guy said, he was broke, right? He just sold his masters for three hundred million dollars. You're never broke when you've made money like that. Like you just, you may not be as cash rich as you want to be, right? But I, I will be, well, now no one's going to touch him. If I take that back, I'll give it a few years. Someone's going to be craving R. Kelly music in a few years, right? And you're going to be, be able to make money off it in a few years. I would say I would be stunned if his masters don't sell for anything less than four or five hundred million dollars. I mean, and even then, that's me being nice. Like, I'm pretty sure he owned all of his shit. And this dude wrote a lot of shit. And I thought about this situation compared to like the Chris Benoit situation or the situation of a speaking out movement, speaking out movement situation like Marty Squirrel, right? Like, or Velveteen Dream, right? Like, there's always people who can differentiate the artist from the, the, the talent. I mean, the talent from the person. And I just thought to myself, because like, there were people who were, like, were genuinely mad. Like, how can I stream this music? How can I hear his music? People are like, how can you listen to it? Like, you can listen because it's fucking music. It's his, it's his music. Like, we don't know this person. Like, I remember DeBrat, she's a rapper, who used to be on Still to Death. She asked a question that she got some heat for. When all this thing went down with, uh, what was that documentary called? Trapping R. Kelly or surviving R. Kelly or whatever the fuck it was. She asked a very fair question. Where are the parents at? Why are they getting no heat? And by the way, she didn't give a fuck. She doubled down on that. But that's a fantastic question. Where were the parents at? Where are the parents at? Are you just looking for... That was the problem with the Michael Jackson stuff. These people found out that, hey, we're going to let you lay in the bed with our son... You're gonna give us this payoff, and judges find out about it. See, that's the thing people. These are things that people don't bring up, and I'm not making excuses for anybody. I just find it. I just find these things interesting in the dynamics of it because I, I do get asked quite often. Even though I will there, I will say this: I don't think in the last two years and change that we've been back doing this podcast, I've even brought Chris Benoit's name at all. I don't think we've done a match. I mean, I could be wrong because I talk. I tell to people all the time. I talk so much shit. On this podcast, I just don't remember. But I don't I don't think we've brought up Chris Benoit. Now the first iteration, why are Pam do it again? Man, I I went in heavy on the talents and the things I liked. This go-around was way more difficult because I didn't remember everything I did. And the more and more older fan the older fan base started to come back, I really had to be more careful because then I was like, that's why when I come back from hiatus, whenever that is, I'm actually gonna map out the first six months. I'm actually going to map out the first fucking six months, and I will do shows, extra shows, on the moment that happens, right? Like, not just everything spur of the moment. I try, I try to stay connected with what's going on and less about, but I remember it's like, man, you can't always do that. Sometimes you just have to map shit out. So that's what I'm going to do when I come out from my age, but I, I, do get, I do get asked quite often if I watch Chris Brown. I have not watched the Chris Benoit match in, whew, my timelines are off quite often, but I would dare say I have not watched a Chris Benoit match in a couple years, not because I'm offended by it, by the way, yeah, he's a shit back for what he did, but I just, I have to, Peacock, I remember Wade Keller saying this, and I say this all the time, 
Wade Keller and Austin has his own podcast. Wade Keller said the way WWE needs to promote their network is to say we're here when you need us. And honestly, that's how I treat it. Like, I remember when I first got the network, I watched a few essential matches just to see them because I didn't have my DVDs handy on me anymore. Um, but now it's just like, Netflix. I don't watch Netflix every day. I know I still have it because it comes on my account every month. But I legitimately don't think anything about I truly don't wake up every day saying, oh, I got to watch Netflix. But it's worth it to me because I have it already. That's where I'm different. Excuse me. That's where I'm different with streaming services than most people. Most people get offended because, and that's the thing. I was I was heading down that path where I remember I was trying to force myself to watch Netflix, and then I was going through this stuff, and I was like searching for stuff. Searching. For stuff. I was like, what am I doing? Like, like I'm, I'm legitimately searching for something to watch, and I don't want to watch anything. Sometimes I'm legitimately just in my house or in my room, and I'm just legitimately TV's off, and I'm just writing shit. I don't have to watch TV all the fucking time. Right now, in front of my face is a YouTube video from Hello Hesian, pronouncing that cor- uh, incorrectly, The Sad Death of Rockefeller Records. Just hit, listen to him tell uh, his, his the facts he's found about it. Sometimes I'm watching nothing. Sometimes I'm just writing. Sometimes I'm just doing, like, I'm out. You, 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 get, you dig what I'm saying? Like, that's where I get lost. And I remember one day I said, I don't need to force myself to do this. And I never got that way with the WWE. Never did I get that way with the network. Um, there's sometimes where I wanted to watch something and I just forgot about it. But honestly, let's say if I cut on the pay-per-view, right? That's it. That's it. Oh, let me go check this out. See if they have this. Then I watch it and then whatever. I, I have gone, I know for a fact... I've gone six to seven months of the year without watching my Netflix account, without watching Hulu or Disney or whatever the fuck, right? I've gone that long without watching it. I don't feel cheated because I'm paying for it to be there when I want to watch it. Now, if I cut it on, it's like acting all funny in the streaming. Yeah, now you guys got you guys got to do something better. I need better from you guys. But I don't have those issues. Knock on wood. Um, but I thought about that when... When I was asked about Chris Benoit, and this person was not accused, get this out the uh, out the way. Aaron was uh, shout out to Aaron. Aaron was not accusing me of anything. I'll just say his name. I don't think he's he said he couldn't say his name. He just was asking it because he said he was watching a Benoit match, and he couldn't um, and he couldn't he just couldn't do it. Which I understand. I get that. I just don't think like now if you're watching the Chris Benoit Kevin Sullivan feud, yeah, you. You're going to be thinking about the shit he did, right? Because that feud was about fucking Nancy. <laughs> you know? So, like, that makes sense if you're watching them. I can still watch that Bash at the Beach match where they beat the fuck out of each other and enjoy it. Right? But the reality is, it's, if you can't, I can't be mad at you. I also can't match you if you, like, when that person said to me what they said about Michael Jackson, I wasn't offended at all. I just, well, I could care less. So cool, that's how you feel. You should be able to feel how you feel. But that's why when this R. Kelly thing happened, I was like, dude, R. Kelly, man, is a good songwriter, dude. He knows how to make you feel things. Like, I, this is a song I just listened to the other day from R. Kelly called Your Body. It's probably my favorite, most favorite R. Kelly song. It's on my, one of my playlists, on my, on my Spotify playlist. It's called Your Body's Calling. Your body's calling on me. For, for me. It's a dope record. It's, it's an early R. Kelly record. It's like, a, it has to be like a 92, 95 or whatever, right? And uh, and I didn't think anything about it. I don't think of him molesting children or peeing on people. 
I just don't. Now, if I get to that later, R. Kelly, I may, you know, but I doubt it. Because I just probably, I don't think I even have older R. Kelly in my fucking catalog. I don't think I have any of that. I just didn't enjoy it, you know. Um, and also, that's another thing that's interesting. I thought they removed all of his stuff from Spotify, you know. But that song's still on there. I just listened to it, like, literally, I think, two days ago. So, huh. Anyways, I just thought it was interesting because, like I said, I got asked that question because of the R. Kelly thing, and then I started looking for the R. Kelly music, and I started seeing like comments, and people were like fighting in the comments, which is nothing new, but they were like, "Yeah, can you listen to it?" I was like, because well, it's fucking music. I mean, we've heard some stuff about Jay Z, we've heard some stuff about a lot of artists. Does it stop you from listening to their music? Usually, it does not, and it's like, it's like the episode of Seinfeld. Before we move on. Where Elaine has taken a stance against Pequino's pizza because they're not pro-life. So now Jerry's like, oh, well, the new guy you're dating, you better make sure he's pro-life or it could be a problem. And once you take a stance like that, you, you, you got to go all the way in or people are going to call you a hypocrite. Right? So it's one of those things where I just think it's funny when other people want you to go all the way in, but they don't go all the way in. Then it's like, well, hold on a second, muchacha. You like, like... You have your thing, you stay over there with that, and I have my thing, and I'll stay right here with it. And people get really mad. They get super, super fucking mad. So it's just it's an interesting, interesting dynamic. I actually did not see an answer to that question, though. For for anyone who's going to ask me, I had not seen an answer to the question of where you can stream. I, I, I assume you can't stream it anywhere. You know, I, I'm, I, I don't know who his inner circle is right now. I'm just, dude, he has money. Let's be real. They're going to say he's broke compared to what he used to be. He has money, so someone's doing... Dude, he can't He can't just go to, to CD, baby, in jail. Do, 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 my commissary money. Let me just upload this music, right? Now, so someone is uploading the music. So, I'm sure they'll have something soon. Not everyone's going to block him. Not everyone's going to block that. But it's one of those things where... I, who knows what this music is even going to sound like. I'm not, I'm not interested at all. I just, I'm just It's just funny. Anyways, that's all I got, guys. On that, let me move. Let me move the fuck on. Um, this is your Monday show. I probably went like what fifty fucking minutes talking about that shit, um, but I, I did find it intriguing. Well, like twenty minutes. Anyways, Russell Khan, their first guests are announced. And yes, for people who are asking me, I may go to Russell Khan this year. I may, uh, or next year. Excuse me. Um, it just depends. Uh, I'll I'll see. Right now, the guest, the early guest they have, uh, I've already, I'm not really interested, but that's why I wrote this. The first guests are announced. It's Bret Hart, Mick Foley, Sergeant Slaughter, the Tonga Kid, and the Godwin. So, in that list, I have no interest in me in anyone because I've already met people who I want to be in that list. But I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm going to know more in February. February, I'm going to finalize my plans for everything that I'm doing. So, we'll see about that. Um... RH Honor Club website is back online. And the news on that, Tony Khan announced this after Final Battle the Press Scrum. You can watch ROH TV, air quotes again, on Honor Club, the newly designed system. He says he can't give any more details because New Japan is involved. So after Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan will then, I guess, jointly announce with him what's going on. Speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, a lot of places have said this. A lot of sources have said this. That apparently Sasha Banks, 
Mercedes Fernando, who has recently copyrighted her own name or trademarked her own name, one or two, will be at Wrestle Kingdom. And it was supposed to be a surprise, but many, many leaks have happened. And so they don't know. So that's interesting because last update we had on Sasha and Naomi were, at least Sasha, were that she was in, still in talks with WWE and they were far apart on money. Now, she's made his thing. If we look at what her and Naomi have been doing since. They're on a red carpet of She-Hulk. They've been at fashion shows. They've been here. They've been there. They've been at Comic-Cons. And it's one of those things where she's upped her value without being on WWE television. That's a rarity. That's so rare for someone to go off of television and get more notoriety. But if you think about it, what, 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 what were we talking about all earlier this year? It goes back to what we were talking about earlier this year on this fucking show and probably many other shows. Sasha Banks is a needle mover. I told you guys I told you guys months ago. I actually went on my way. I never do this. I went on my way to check the, the numbers when certain people get on TV. And it was a difference when Sasha Banks' face was on TV. It wasn't just like a, oh, 100 different people were watching. No, it was hundreds of thousands more people were watching and then tuned out when Sasha Banks was off television. She is a superstar. She gained more notoriety by not doing it. And think about this. Think about this. She walked out willingly. And give credit to Naomi, too. I know people think she's a follower. I'm sure she felt just as disrespected as Sasha did, so let's not even go there. She's not a megastar like Sasha is, but my point is they both probably felt the same way. They said, fuck it, let's do this together and not be separated on this, right? Legitimately, she left on her own, on Vince McMahon's watch. Like, she left on her own and said, cool. So... And the fact that she's doing stuff with her real name, man, let me tell you, something something's coming up. And if this rumor is true, where like she's gonna be at Wrestle Kingdom, one why, two didn't Kyrie Sane just win the inaugural Stardom Women's Championship, the first ever Women's Championship in company history? Hasn't Kyrie Kyrie Sane been calling someone out recently? For the last three or four months saying, hey, I would love to wrestle this person. That person was Sasha Banks. Dude, if she is able to pull... Think about what Sasha Banks can do. Sasha Banks could pull the Chris Jericho. She can go wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom or make an appearance or whatever. Give that show a tick up. And then come back to WWE. Think, think about Jericho's year when he did that. The year of uh, the, the Omega match. He was... In and out, he asked Vince for permission. He didn't have to. He didn't have respect. Vince says, yeah, hell yeah, I do it. He said, Alpha Omega Wrestle Kingdom. Started AEW. Then after he then after he announced it, after Wrestle Kingdom, he shows up to have a promo segment with fucking Elias. Got the loudest pop of the night. Sasha Banks can do the same goddamn thing. That's huge news. Now, as far as the... Honor Club and ROH TV. We got a clearer picture of what ROH is going to look like and who's going to be in there after Final Battle. We'll, we'll get to that at the, towards the end of the show. Um, look, and actually, it's all coincides to what I just talked about with streaming services. If it's not a ridiculous price, I would support ROH for sure. If it's going to be like twenty nine ninety nine a month, 
Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm saving my money up to buy a hooker that looks like Holly Berry. That's too much money for me. I'm not doing that. Um, but if it's something reasonable, sure. The only reason I don't keep up with my New Japan is I used to keep up with it. I just don't watch it but Wrestle Kingdom. Because I... Cause so many people I know have the wrestle uh, the New Japan stuff, so we kind of share. I share my peacock like, with someone specifically, right? I share my peacock with them. They share rest, the, uh, the New Japan stuff with me. I don't need to do that, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, but but also the thing is, him and I both love Peacock because what, I remember I was going to Peacock one time, and legitimately I saw everybody loves Raven. I texted my sister and said. They have, I was looking for ways to watch Everybody Loves Raymond because I love that show. I was like, Russell, I said, what? Even if this place didn't have WWE, I would still have a, a, a Peacock subscription just for that alone. And so I remember he was going through Peacock. He's like, man, it's got some dope ass shit on here. I was like, yeah, I know, right? And so, like, I don't need to. Plus, I wasn't even. Wa- I went two years without watching it. Uh, my New Japan subscription. Like, two years. I like, was legit watching. No man's on it. Because I remember I was like looking. I was like, damn, when last time I watched this thing? And it had last signing day. It was like two years prior. I was like, wow. So that's why when Peacock came along, it was kind of a godsend. Because I, I didn't need to pay for it. I wasn't watching it. Even then, I only used to watch Wrestle Kingdom. Because like, the times I do watch, like G1 and stuff, that stuff, that stuff is easy to find for free. You know? Not that I don't want to support it. I'm just saying it's just, it's just not hard to find it. You know? Um, but all that's big fucking news. F it's true. No, um, that's big news, but it's not surprising to me. The thing we've been talking about all year consistently with Sasha Banks is how she is a needle mover. So we'll see more about that later. And some other sad news, but good news. Barry Wyndham had a heart attack, was in the ICU, but has now uh, left the ICU and is recovering at home. So uh, shout out to him and speedy recovery. Kane a.k.a. Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, has um, some allegations made against him because uh, he's asking people to work from home and some other stuff. And um, Kane has, like, it's funny because Kane, I think, I can't remember what shoot, I can't remember what shoot video, uh, what shoot interview was. But someone on Kayfabe commentaries, it was a shoot interview, I don't remember who, I think it was, a, was it Val Venus? No, it was, you know, Val Venus is very political too. Someone else. I don't want to say anything. It's going to be wrong. But I remember them talking about JBL and Kane and how they're how they're super into politics. And he was like saying how he wasn't surprised that Kane would ever, if Kane ever left to go into politics. This is before Kane did it. And he was like, but the problem is Kane's politics are so, he feels so strongly about his politics, it'll get him in trouble. I thought about that. I thought about that quote right as I read those allegations. I was like, well, I mean, yeah, makes sense. You know, but there's the no. The reason why this is a deal because this guy's this guy's famous. Like I don't put. Uh, how do I put this? <laughs> um, I know some companies that. I'm gonna give us. I'm gonna give an example. I'm not gonna say the company's name. Any company's names. But I know for a fact some companies will let you go on vacation, and then they say, "Hey, just so you know, we only want you doing. I don't know this particular thing." And then they're like, well, can I pass this off for someone else while I'm on vacation? No, you got to do this. So this is not unheard of here. People do this. Companies do this literally all the time. Nothing is right. I just want to read this. Like, yeah, dude, I I just had a conversation with someone who told me they were going to be working on vacation. And I was like, you're a fucking maniac. 
It's like, pass this shit off. I can't. They won't give that person access. I was like, oh, wow. That's ridiculous. Logan Paul is rumored to be doing something at the Royal Rumble. Todd Gordon, the former owner of ECW, to release a memoir next year. WWE is planning to host a 5,000-seat venue in India called Gacha Bowl. Saying that wrong. Um, but it's not just India they're doing. Puerto Rico. Like it's going to be an international heavy year next year. So look look forward to that, uh, you, you, you international folks. Kylie Ray and Casey Navarro got a trial at WWE. I have not seen any updates on that. I know Kylie Ray has fought um, like anxiety and other issues. So look at the fact that she's even putting herself back out there to go to the biggest company that there is is impressive to me. I'm super happy for her and hope she gets everything she wants. PWI. Oh boy, they dropped their top ten tag teams of 2022. This caused some controversy, and here's why I don't think it's... Con- I'm going to tell you why I don't think it's controversial when I give you the top ten. Number one were the Usos. Number two was FTR. Number three was the Briscoes. Number four was Death Triangle. Number five was Hazuka and Kojima. Number six was RK Bro. Number seven was the Good Brothers. Number eight was the Young Bucks. Number nine was the Hex. And number 10 is Violence is Forever. So, first of all, let's get this out of the way. I don't watch Hex. Violence is Forever very much. So, I don't have any opinion on those two teams, right? I know who's in those teams. I know those teams. But I have not... I've maybe watched combined three or four matches combined of those teams. So, I have no opinion on that. The first three undisputed have had great years they've all held gold they've all uh, what have wins i don't think usos have obviously usos are still tag team champions they, they hold a record now in wwe they, they lose a lot but i mean i don't think they've been inconsistent as far as their ring work ftr we know what ftr has done we know the year of ftr first of all Dax is going to make this list and a singles list. We know that. The Briscoes, I think they're the Hog of Glo- uh, House of Glory tag team champions. They're now a 13-time Ring of Honor champions after uh, what happened on Saturday. Um, they've had a hell of a year for them barely being on television. F- at being. Matter of fact, I don't think they've been on television at all. They've only been on pay-per-views and Fight Network and Fight TV. Um, so here's the, here's the thing. right Now, Death Triangle is an interesting one. Death Triangle is a very interesting one because... I don't know how they're fourth and really their year just picked up after it all out. You know, like, I mean, I know Pac won. Well, technically, I guess, I guess if you're looking at Death Triangle in the lens of the Freebirds rule and you look at their year, they came to year as tag team champions, not, not the Death Triangle, the Lucha Brothers. They lost the tag team championships, but then once again because they're still one unit, then they pick up the All Atlantic Championships, then they pick up the Trios Championships. If you're looking at it like that, of course, yeah. I just I don't think that's how this was meant to be. I think it's, they kind of cheated here, but like I think it's also a way it caused controversy. You need to get people to talk about their list, right? Um, all right. But the controversial thing is number one and number two. We obviously know that. 
people have are going to dispute this, but here's where there's no controversy. This is Tony Khan's fault. But once again, this is if, if this is a real list, and I, and I have respect for it. I'll get mad, right? But the reality is, I can't be mad. This Tony Khan completely cooled off the pinnacle, with the exception of MJF. He cooled off Wardlow after he defeated MJF. He cooled off fucking FTR. We didn't see him on TV for months. And now we just saw him on TV, and they lost two matches in a row now, which makes an interesting twenty, makes an interesting year in, but then makes me even more interested to see what they do in 2023. Now, I do think, as far as uh, classic matches go, FTR and the Briscoes have had three classic matches. I think they're going to be the first team, first group, or whatever you want to call it. First, uh, yeah, first group of people to get three five-star matches in one year. You know, and all three matches have been so different. So, so different. Um, but that's why. Because FTR cooled off. We they, FTR, was working, FTR was working mainly independent shows. We didn't see them on TV for a long-ass period of time. And then when we did, it was in random feuds. They just, dude, they were number one contenders for the tag team championships for eight fucking months. They just got their shot, their title shot, and they lost clean. If this was a realist, I, I would, I, and and if this was a realist, I would normally be mad. But here's the problem: when Tony Khan cooled them off, what do you want? To, what, the Usos have now. Usos had what a great match with New Day to take the record from the New Day. Then they had. Uh, a classic match. Some people say with the Street Profits. You know, I. It was gonna be one of those two teams, and unfortunately, I I would side with this fake list. But boy, oh boy, this pissed people off. I thought it was hilarious. It always pisses people off. It's funny. WWE are in talks with E, the network, to have a reality show, and Matt Cardona's name was mentioned. There have been rumors of Triple H wanting to bring back Chelsea Green. Obviously, Chelsea Green's married to Matt Cardona. And Matt Cardona has been open to going back to WWE. I mean, we all know he's a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. He, we all know he's, uh, he has no bitterness. As a matter of fact, he's gone on the independent scene and just made his name even stronger than before. So I don't think he'll probably doing any of this stuff. There are, there are immediate, immediate plans for Charlotte Flair's return. Uh, it's still, her, her return is told to be imminent in that... Uh, whatever it is, is going to be big for her. Tony Khan. Speaking of Tony Khan. On a media call earlier this week, before Final Battle, he spoke about the William Regal, situ- William Regal situation. It was the first thing he spoke about. Very open about it. He said Regal came to him and his people. Said, hey, end of the year, I would ask you do not renew my contract. He says, I want to go back to WWE. Apparently, he said these words. I want to go back to WWE. I want to coach my son. Um, there's opportunity, there's opportunities there. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hunter would love have, uh, Hunter would have loved to have him back. As some people said that William Regal was Triple H's Pat Patterson, and um, they, they said, yeah, I, I have no problem doing that. Uh, Tony Khan said this, and he said, but you can't be an on-air character, which William Regal, I'm pretty sure, can care less about. Um, but. Th- I love, if that conversation happened the way it did, which I don't see why Tony Khan would bring that first thing, air quotes, and, like, be a lie. I mean, that was all, all you can ask for someone is honesty. If 
he signed a three year deal, but every year that was up, it, it needed to be renewed. It, or he can get out of it. Just be honest and say what you want. We know his son's in NXT. We know Triple H never. Triple H, first of all, that was the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes Vince ever made was getting rid of him. We know Triple H would have never gotten rid of him. That's like someone getting rid of Pat Patterson. Even when Pat Patterson was, air quotes, retired, he was never retired. He was always working. So, yeah, it's not a thing. But um, that was very, very interesting. So, Also, on the Tony Khan front, it was reported, we kind of saw bits and pieces of this, but apparently, before the whole brawl out thing, the plans were to make MJF a face and do a double turn between him and Punk. They obviously didn't have those plans, so that's when they decided to tease the face turn and then keep him fully healed. Seems like we, we there's a bunch of what else we're never going to see. Um, and that's okay. That's fine. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Thunder Rosa gave an update on her status. So she's now able to lift weights again. Take your time, lady. Take your time. Hope you're back soon. Per Fightful Select, the working plan for AEW Fight Forever, which we still don't have a date on, which it's not coming out this year. It's not. That's why I pre-ordered this shit. There's no date. You don't get my money. Um, will not be an annual video game. It will be a video game where they drop this time, and it will be a bunch of add-ons yearly. As a, And then maybe three years in, they'll then come out with a new game, new graphics, etc., etc. But that's the working plan as of right now. Miro, a lot of people have been, Miro has been the talk of the town for a while. Apparently, Miro's fully healthy. He wants to come back. Um, Tony Khan had plans for him. And he pitched him the plans he had. And Miro said, not doing that. That sounds awful. And that's why he's been home. Because he asked the return plans he had because he did not like them. So, we can say what we want to about Tony Khan's booking. There's a lot of things we can say about that. But if he pitched this to Miro... And Miro said, no, I'm not doing that. What, what more do we want? Now, fairness to Miro and fairness to Tony Khan, I'd much rather have him not have him on television if he's not doing something. So, there you go. There's your Miro update. Conan, still waiting on a compatible donor. Many prayers to him. MLW star Richard Holiday was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. I, I knew I was going to have a problem saying that. My, my, my slur. Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, uh, first of all, Sucks. Um, uh, prayers up for you, brother. Um, and just take care of yourself. Your health, is most, your health is the most important thing right now. Valerie Loreda has a new name. Lola Vice. Mm, whatever. There is a push within the walls of WWE Creative to have the women's Championship match at WrestleMania be Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. You know, it's clear the New Day. New Day. It's clear Judgment Day, and Edge and Beth Phoenix stuff isn't over, right? It's clear. And think about what Beth Beth said before she got knocked out. She said, "This is your dream match. It's going to turn into a nightmare." She said to Rhea Ripley, "That match will happen more sooner than later. Should it happen at WrestleMania? No, any other year." Take a sip of water here. Excuse me. Any other year, I would say yes. But think about this. Before Rhea got hurt, 
or her heart had some issue, whatever. I can't remember exactly the issue was. She was number one contender for Bianca Belair's Women's Championship. I don't see another path but those two colliding. And in my opinion, Rhea Ripley is a star. She needs high-profile victories against current women's champions. Now, if Charlotte Flair comes back and she loses to Beth Phoenix, I mean, excuse, uh, loses to Bianca, that's fine. I think this is the match that needs to happen. I really do. But there's also a push in WWE creative to have Roman Reigns wrestle both nights of WrestleMania. One night versus The Rock and one night versus Cody Rhodes. We don't even know if The Rock's even going to be fucking wrestling. And here's my thing. If that happens like that, the only way it can work is if Cody wins the Rumble. There's a picture of Cody who looks pretty jacked right now. If Cody wins the Rumble, Rock agrees to wrestle the first night of WrestleMania. So he may events the first night. Reigns wins. Then Reigns goes on to lose to Cody. That's the only way that works. You can't have Cody. Well, you can't have Cody being. Well, I guess you have Cody pinning him the first night, and then rocking him wrestle. But I, that makes no sense to me. That's just me. Let's hit some raw notes real fast, guys. The Usos retain the tag team titles. Solo Sokoa uh, paid tribute to his family member, hitting the Samoan spike and taking out Matt Riddle. He put a chair around Riddle's neck. I don't think we've seen this before. He put him in the corner, and he did the butt splash on him. Boy, oh boy, that looked brutal. But it also, it also that Samoan Spike, that might be a better finish move than his splash. Because if you think about it, that, first of all, Samoan Spike was always good, and you could hit it on anybody. You know, Umaga was very intense when he did it. So Skoa could do the same thing. Um, why he took out Matt Rowe? I mean, Matt Rowe's been a nuisance in the bloodline side all year. So <laughs> it makes sense. Um, I would say Matt Riddle. I actually wrote down Riddle, but I meant uh, Bobby Lashley and Rollins. They brawl all over the place. They are having a number one contenders match tomorrow night. As I record this, it's gonna be tonight. As you're hearing, as you're hearing, it's gonna be tonight. But Monday night, they're gonna have a number one contenders match. The winner faces Austin Theory for the U.S. Championship. Alexa Bliss and Bailey both won separate triple threat matches to face off in a number one contenders match tomorrow night as well. SmackDown. Damage Control will defend their tag team championships against Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan next week. Karrion Cross, I saw this h- hilarious post. Someone said it was, <laughs> their exact quote was, it's so nice for Karrion Cross to check in on Rey Mysterio before he murders him. I was like, well, you're not wrong there. Um, but Karrion Cross just sat down, just kind of gave Rey Mysterio the rundown, man. Like, God damn, this dude, Rey Mysterio can't catch a break. Son's beating him up on Thanksgiving, probably going to have a terrible Christmas. And then for some reason, Karrion Cross has decided he's got to put old Yeller out. I'm like, God damn, this poor bastard. He can't catch a break. John Cena, it was announced, John Cena to appear on the December 30th version of SmackDown. So, that's a good one. But we may know more if he's going to be a Mania that night or not. We may know more then. The Usos defeated the Brawling Brutes to retain their tag team championships. The New Day and Ricochet defeated Imperium. One week ahead of Ricochet challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship that he lost to him. Uh, he's still going to get murdered. Um, but this was a weekend for the New Day, though. We'll talk about that in a second. Matter of fact, I'm going to go out of order here. Let's hit NXT deadline. Grayson Waller won the first ever men's survivors deadline crap match, whatever the fuck it was. 
I didn't get the concept. I, I got the concept. It was scramble style. But I didn't really like it. It's not my thing. But Grayson Waller won his. Roxanne Perez won hers. Roxanne Perez has to be the one to defeat Randy Rose. Like, she's legit gone through the entire roster. I think she's going to end up breaking Shayna Baszler's record for most combined days as champion. But she's made her run all as one, one time. So she's going to hold that record. Um, but those two won their first square matches. Um, their matches. Uh, Braun Breaker retains his NXT championship over Apollo Crews. Afterwards, Grayson Waller lays him out. They need to put Breaker and Hayes in the same ring before Breaker gets called up or before Hayes gets called up. But to me, the most fun match I've seen, and I actually didn't even watch it. I didn't even know Deadline was happening. Then I saw it, and I saw the reviews of New Day and uh, Pretty Deadly, and everyone was universally praising this thing. I said, well, I got to watch this fucking match. It was just so fucking fun, dude. It was the New Day giving the main roster rub to Pretty Deadly, who... Already, before, even before this New Day thing, Pretty Deadly has a pretty good fucking act. Like, to me personally, they already look main roster bound already. You know, so it's not really surprising that this was their thing, you know? Sorry about that. I was hitting pause to go cut a light off and I accidentally stopped the show. So, my bad. Hold on one sec. I gotta cut this light off. Sorry about that. So, anyways, this was just a fun match. Like, looking at it, you see, if you first of all, New Day is one of the greatest tag teams that the WWE has ever produced, ever. That's not arguable. Now, if you want to say they're the greatest, that's different. Like WWE think did the poll calling them the greatest? That's that's opinion based. You know, I understand why they would do that because, in my opinion, when you look at their body of work. They've always been seen as a group. The Shield was a faction, came together for that purpose, and then they broke off into their singles thing. I, I see the difference there. I think it's potato, potato, let's call the whole thing off. But to me, when you see how well they worked with these guys, it was just a fun, mindless match. Like they, they, they did the egg row spot, but they did different. They put their own twist on it to where everyone had a chance to hold the belt. The next thing you know, they all, they all fall down. And the ref gets up and says, man, get the hell out of here. You guys are all pretending and blah, blah, blah. It was just, it was just a great spot, you know, to put Pretty Deadly in. And then they, I actually am surprised because they, how they've been booking their main roster talent. But here's the problem that you have with a new day. I'm going to get a ton of pushback on this. And that's okay. You have to treat the new day with some resemblance of respect. Maybe not on the main roster, because I get it, main roster, they, they're kind of Teflon at this point. But to send them out to NXT to treat them like a ricochet where they're just going to lose is disrespectful considering, and even Booker T brought this up, Kofi Kingston is a former WWE champion, U.S. champion, intercontinental champion, tag team champion, Xavier Woods, former king of the ring, tag team champion. Like, you have to put some respect in Now, they could, they could lose later on. But I think you kind of put yourself in a spot here where Prairie Dilly was not ready for the veteran side of things. They, they were used to dealing with amateurs, air quotes, you know. And um, they, they put the belts in the fucking New Day. And they're obviously going to lose them back to Prairie Dilly, and that's fine. You know, but they, they gave them more than the, the – the win was not important for Prairie Dilly. They had great chemistry with these guys, which means when they go to the main roster, which they definitely need tag teams on the main roster – 
think my matches with the Usos. Think my matches with Ke- Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all these other other people. I think it it will be even more fun. Um, but this was a fun. It was this match was just fucking fun, you know. And also in this match, Kofi Kingston made history. He is now the only person in WWE history to be a 15-time tag team champion. This dude must be over 20 reigns now as a, as a champion in general. One-time WWE champion, I think four or five-time Intercontinental champion, two-time, excuse me, two-time U.S. champion. But he is now the most decorated man in tag team history in that company with multiple partners. Obviously, New Day is there, um, but you have New Day, Evan Bourne, CM Punk. He's been champions with all those people, tag team champions with all those people, believe it or not. So, our truth. Um, so, congratulations to them. So, I kind of went out order with my notes, but um, let's hit AEW up, then we're getting out of here. Uh, William Regal sent a goodbye message. So, this was closure, and we did get answers as to why he did it. Um, essentially, he did it because he said, Hey, this is what you want, MJF? You're not going to be the target. Everyone's going to come at you now. Can you handle it? Are you the star that you say you are? Are you the star that I think you can be? And essentially, he said the, the, the three main members of Blackpool Combat Club didn't need him anymore. And he was just in the way. And look, at least they topped it off. You know, at least they did it. You know, uh, when Moxley saw it, he just kind of ignored it and said, it's time to regroup and rebuild. And he said, at Sari's final battle, we end this feud with the JAS, which has literally been going on for the last six months of the year. This is old school, if old school was old school. And that's why I do think it's interesting how the dynamic of wrestling and entertainment have changed. The World Warriors feud, Road Warriors and Dusty feuded with fucking the Horsemen for fucking years. The Freebirds and fucking uh, uh, the Von Erichs feuded for years. And people did not get tired of them. You know, I think... Here's the thing. I think once you add the ROH stuff into it, it made some of it intriguing because there's some, they were all having some better matches. But a lot of threat just never got pulled on correctly. They just, it just didn't, you know. So I'm glad this fuse were over. Hopefully they are. And um, look here, they they put they put a bow on it. That's all you can ask them to do. They put a bow on it. Ricky Starks won the Battle Royal to. To just essentially add on. See, so I had a misconception. I forgot that two years ago, because the first two years it was you had to win the Battle Royal to get the ring. I forgot they changed that last year where the winner of the Battle Royal, which I think was Jungle Boy, right, gets a shot at the ring, which is, and shout out to Sound Monster Sounds Off. He actually made this, he actually made this comment. That that whole diamond diamond ring thing, that's an MJF gimmick. No one's ever gonna take it from him. So you might as well like not do it every year, cause like it's it's a heel gimmick and it's MJF's gimmick. So I I forgot. So essentially there was no other winner that could beat but Ricky Starks. Now Ricky Starks challenges for everything: the diamond ring, the world championship, all next week. Winter's coming. Starks. MJF, what a first title defense for MJF he will retain, obviously. Um, and they had a great promo. Apparently, um, Ricky Starks like wrote his own promo down, memorized it, and um, 
uh, and he apparently went off off his own script and kind of just went with the flow of everything. He cut a hell of a promo, speared MJ, MJF, and uh, the match is gonna be good. There's no way that match is gonna be bad, and uh, it's just what can I say? I think. This is just the route that MJF, that's even the AEW has to take. They have to be working on their younger talent. Someone like Ricky Starks is too good to just be on the sidelines for months. You know, maybe Ricky Starks could be one of the guys that defeats War, uh, not Warlow, uh, Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship. Maybe, maybe just seeing him with gold will help. You know, so uh, good stuff here. The Acclaimed. Defeated FTR clean. There was no interference. They defeated them clean. Um, what a win for the acclaimed. Holy shit. Their first real big test as champions. We knew they were going to win the rubber match between them and Swerve in our glory. But holy crap. I didn't see that coming. I thought the gun club were interfere. I did not see a clean loss coming. And I remember I was watching the clock. It was 7.58. Because we're two hours behind. I was like, no one's showing up. I was like, Oh, this is going to be a hodgepodge. And I'm looking, as I'm saying those words in my head, one, two, three, boom, they win. I'm like, holy crap, that was a clean win. So it was a, it was, look, that, that's, wow. And finally, Samoa Joe retains his TNT championship against Darby What? <laughs> Samoa Joe, man, he is a monster. And Darby, holy crap! What 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 a way to sell! What a masterclass in selling! Um, finally, let's get out of here after this. Our which final battle happened on Saturday? Here are some of the results. Athena is your new Ring of Honor Women's Champion, defeating Mercedes Martinez. Swerve and Our Glory win their match despite Swerve leaving Lee, like Lee left him. Lee got the job done against uh, his old teams. The Embassy. Once this, was, once this was announced, I, I, you know who this one. The embassy get gold or gray or silver, whatever you want to call it, and they defeat Dalton Castle and the boys for the trios championships. Wheeler Yuta knocks out Daniel Garcia, taking back the pure championship. I saw someone say that Wheeler Yuta was the only two-time pure champion. Is that true? Does someone have, like, ROH fun facts in their head, so I don't have to look this up and tell me if this is true or not. There's never been a two-time pure champion ever, and he knocked Daniel Garcia to bleep out. But here's my thing. Here's why I'm... First of all, Daniel Garcia, I think he only defended the belt one one other time, right? I don't... I get it. He was in his hometown. I I still don't get the strings between him and Brandon Danielson. That's the part of this feud that makes no sense to me with the JAS. And I get that Brian Danielson's always tried to be, like, in a faction. But, like, he's in a faction, but he's still his own sole entity. John Moxley proved you can still do that, too, dude. John Moxley proved you can still do that without having to, like... This is, and I swear to God, on everything I love, if Brian Danielson comes out to confront MJF in a few weeks or whenever the fuck it is, or it could be next week... He comes up with the bad guy tunnel. I'm going to lose my shit. He's not a fucking bad guy. He needs to stop doing this. It's fucking annoying. Guys, it's, it's the only thing I really, really want to rant about because it's so frustrating. It's like, dude, stop playing cosplay of a, of a, of a heel. You're a baby face. Stop this. 
this is where having too much creative goes wrong. So, anyways, um, I, I forgot where the fuck I was at that point. But, anyways, whatever. Oh, yeah, this one, Daniel Garcia thing. So, that was an eventful run. So, now, the, we have the belt back on Willow Yuta. I'm going to assume he's going to be more on ROH television. Here's my thing also. After this, we should not be having any more ROH on AEW television. As well, as we go into... as Once January 1st hits, there should be no more. There should be absolutely no more ROH on AEW television. We need to focus on AEW, not ROH. Just saying. The Briscoes become a 13-time tag team champion, as I said earlier, as they defeat the FTR in a double dog card match, which was a brutal match. Um, two losses in a row for FTR. They lose their first of their three belts. They still have the AAA titles, and they still have the New Japan titles. And they have not been... We know they're going to be at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, but we don't know who they're facing yet. So they might lose... It could be very possible to see these guys with no titles in a month. But it's clear that Briscoes and FTR were meant to wrestle each other. They were meant for it. Samoa Joe retains his TV championship against Juice Robinson. And Claudio Castagnoli becomes a two-time World Heavyweight Champion, defeating the Ocho, Chris Jericho, with the big swing. Jericho tapped out to the big swing. I never thought I'd see that. But um, if you look at the grander scheme of things, right? Just the bigger picture. We know what ROH looks like now. We have the world champion in Claudio. Yuta as uh, Peter champion. Joe as TV champion. Athena as the women's champion. The Embassy as the trios champions. That is what we have going into this ROH television scene. I'm going to assume. I'm assuming you're keeping the TV title on Samoa Joe. Because Samoa Joe is ROH. I'm assuming that. I'm assuming you're keeping that women's championship on Athena. You better. Because where else is she going to go? Now she has this new uh, gimmick. And, oh, she's a heel. I feel like she going into there will be strong. But we we don't even know what the women's division for ROH looks like. I'm assuming we're going to see Willow Nightingale on there. I'm assuming we're going to see Mercedes Martinez stay on there. But here's the problem. Like, you can only have some... You guys don't... We don't even have a... a, a strong AEW women's division yet. So, building two women's divisions? Holy shit, on a crap, on a cracker, Batman. Like, it's like... That's confusing. Like, what they're trying to do there. I don't know what they're trying to do. But that's... That could be a problem down the road. Um, But this, I feel, was a good pay-per-view. I feel like a lot of things were established that needed to be established. Um... But my one concern is, are we losing? Like Claudio should be on AEW TV. <laughs> but you know what? We you need you need you need strong people on that ROH. In order to ask people to pay to watch everything, you need strong uh, talent on there. So, and also I will say this: Yuta could be on there because Yuta is still developing. Yuta could be a star. You know, and the fact that he won the way he won, whew, 
it's just, it could, uh, huh. yeah, that could be something special there, you know. So, anyways, that was a longer, that was a longer than uh, expected show. But um, I'm you guys, you guys never mind. I think it's, I think I'm only, at this point, I'm only complains about it. So, it's all good. Anyways, um, sorry about the cutoff. Um, I will do a cold open just to remind people of that. But anyways. Uh, I'm so chemical. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Hope you guys have a great and blessed week. This is I see things a little differently, and we are out.